Welcome to Stories of Rune Terra. My name is Guy Black or Ravenhood on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Rune Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe where, shockingly, there's more than one type of champion that can catch and jump over walls. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Runeterra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of this as an audiobook of League stories and lore, and I thought I was going to skate by with whatever I just said in the pun, and it didn't really work. But regardless, this week's story is Zeri, the Spark of Zaun. And now for my terrible impression. I belong here. We all belong here. A headstrong, spirited woman from Zahn's working class, Zeri channels her electric magic to charge herself and her custom-crafted gun. Her volatile power mirrors her emotions, its sparks reflecting her lightning-fast approach to life. Deeply compassionate towards others, Zeri carries the love of her family and her home into every fight. Though her eagerness to help can sometimes backfire, Zeri believes one truth to be certain. Stand up for your community, and it will stand up with you. Hey, y'all. Terribly sorry about last week as well. It's just been a wild beginning of the year for me in March. Um, so, I hopefully will be back on schedule, providing something doesn't insanely happen at my work now. Um, but you know, I, d d d we're trying, we're trying, um, wanted to give a shout out to a couple of you guys that are responding to my queries on Spotify. I can't respond to them on Spotify, so I'm going to respond to them here. One of you guys requested me to do Shaco's story. I actually already have. So go back through the logs here. He didn't have a lot with him as far as stories and whatnot goes, but if you do run into another, uh, like a story of Shaco's that you want me to read, throw it in the polls specifically because I've already done the champ and everything that's in the champ bio on the Nexus. So thanks again for listening, everybody. And thanks for your patience with the just wild ride that I've been on these last month or so. Anyway, so this one is Zeri. She's got a fun accent that's actually really entertaining for me to do, so I'm excited to read this one. Thanks again, and here we go. Raised in a large working-class family, Zeri grew up surrounded by warmth, care, and many strong opinions. There were no strangers to hardship, having lost loved ones to Zahn's dangers. Even so, their community was their strength. From birth, Zeri had a unique relationship with electricity. Each giggle caught a spark, each cry a shock. Magic wasn't rare in Zon, but Zeri's electric charm was. It charged with her emotions, sometimes grounded, sometimes building to fierce and fiery. By her teenage years, her neighbors knew she was more likely to be the cause of power outages than a broken circuit. Life in Zon was beautiful chaos, her grandma would say, and Zeri embodied that all too well. Not everyone found her quirks endearing. To family and friends, Zeri was a lovable mess. To others, she was simply a mess. During occasional outbursts where her stray currents shattered a street lamp or two or twelve, Zeri thought she'd even see flashes of something or someone, but there was no time to dwell. 
She wished she had better control of her volatile powers. Her determination was there, but her patience could have used some work. Still, with every spark came an opportunity. One night, while Zeri strolled through the intrasole markets, the ground rattled from underground excavations that soon swelled into a destructive quake. She wasted no time zooming past fallen buildings to rescue trapped victims. As her world slowly crumbled, Zeri became a furious blur. She knew the Kim Barons had mining facilities nearby that were installed after they'd claimed to have discovered resources better than Hextech, but what they did not reveal were the risks of their uncontrolled digging. The faster Zeri moved, the more charged she became. She thrived under pressure, realizing what her powers could do and how much her neighborhood meant to her, even if it meant nothing to the Barons. After the dust settled, survivors gathered to thank Zeri. Beneath her relief was anger. Zeri knew she could have saved more if she had better command of herself. What Zeri did accomplish was sure to catch the attention of the barons. She knew they wouldn't think twice about who they went through to get to her, and she couldn't risk others getting hurt. Not again. To guard them from herself, Zeri scoured the mining disaster's wreckage and constructed a jacket to contain her electricity and avert the barons' gaze. Now she could restrain her gift to protect those in need. Walking the damaged streets, Zeri saw broken faces. Families scrambled to rebuild, and Zeri lent her hand, doing all she could without her powers. But the more she helped, the more she witnessed. Workers struggled to jumpstart generators. Parents toiled to make meals with broken stovetops. These people didn't have anyone standing up for them let alone someone with a gift like hers. She knew her district, and those like it, would never truly be safe if things stayed the way they were. The Baron saw them as nothing more than objects to be neglected and resources to be bled. Zeri knew what had to be done. She couldn't wait for the next mining, quote-unquote, accident. She had to take the fight to the Barons. Zeri was a one-woman force, sending shockwaves through Zaun, Word spread of Kim Barron's supply lines being destroyed, with reports of lightning striking faster than the eye could see. Enraged at their losses, the local barons performed a rare alliance, and their combined power trounced Zeri wherever she went. She tried to adapt, to strike faster, but against the barons' endless resources, it wasn't enough. She retreated with her body broken and her powers fizzling. The barons were united. She was alone. As she headed home, Zeri expected disappointment from those she let down, but what welcomed her was family, friends, and people she never met, all standing up to fight their oppressors. From their rebuilt homes came rediscovered courage. Zeri had never felt so inspired, yet it was she who had inspired them. She was the spark that ignited their fire, and she was no longer alone. With the help of their neighbors, Zeri's mother had fashioned her a rifle made of materials given by those Zeri fought for, the people of Entrasol. The gun's ammo was Zeri's emotions, its conductive barrel amplifying her powers directly from her hands. Paired with her jacket, she could better control her voltage, charging up to shoot precise, or at least somewhat precise, electric bursts. Zeri gazed warmly at her family and her neighbors. 
she thought she'd lose them all in her efforts to fight back. But because she stood up for them, they stood up with her. Backed by her community, Zeri fights for those who cannot. Zahn is not perfect, and neither is Zeri. But sometimes a spark is all it takes to change the world. And today's story is entitled, The Unexpected Spark, by Michael Luo. Hopefully I said that right. Luo. I can't accept this, the shopkeeper said, pushing Zeri's change back at her. That's just spare parts. You've, uh, you've done too much to help since the mist anyway. Restless, Zeri looked around. Familiar streets showed unfamiliar loss. Homes and shops battered by wicked sorcery that nearly ended the world. People were missing, families were hurting, but crowds still gathered at the intrasoul markets. Zeri didn't understand exactly what had happened, but she knew this. Zahn would rebuild, and she would help. She frowned at the shopkeeper's work-hardened hands and pushed her own forward. Get some banana cues for your girls. The shopkeeper sighed and then smiled. Zeri continued through the market, recalling her grandma's oft-repeated reminders. Ah, ignore old Manche. His parts are always rusted. Line up early at Auntie Maria's. Her marinated chicken is divine. Zeri admitted her grandma could sometimes be annoying, but she couldn't deny that the woman was right. Her grandma knew the market and its people inside out, like how Moe's daughters loved caramelized bananas. And it was in moments like this where that intimacy proved helpful. Why, come here, you rat! Zeri spun towards the noise in time to see a boy scurrying through the crowd. Two men tailed him, one short and square, the other tall with lanky limbs. Their outfits were unmistakable. Kim Baron thugs. As the boy darted by, Zeri snatched his arm. There, quick, she said, pointing with her lips at Moe's shop. The shopkeeper nodded knowingly. The frightened boy stood still. Trust me, go! The boy sprinted over, ducking under a table that Moe quickly covered with a cloth. Oi, are you looking for someone? Zeri shouted at the lackeys as they approached. The men shoved past the locals. Yeah, okay. Just ran through here. You see him? Asked the stocky one. Maybe. Maybe not. The man narrowed his eyes. Tell us, and we won't hurt you. Doubt that, but let's skip to the part where I hurt you instead. The man laughed. <laughs> With what? Zeri reached for where her gun was usually strapped, only to find nothing there. Crap. Must have left it at Mom's workshop. Again. Well, time to improvise. She rubbed her hands together and started running in place. The thug straightened in surprise. Is she dancing? Observed the lanky one. Who cares? His partner squawked. Nabber already. Zeri's hands and feet became a blur. The gear on her jacket's back, a limiter device she called the spark pack, spun with building electricity. And in a blink, she zipped between the men, bowling them over in a trail of wild lightning. Stray currents bounced from her body onto nearby doors and awnings, leaving little embers. Woohoo! 
Woo! Zeri skid to a screeching halt. The lackeys lay collapsed on the ground. Her jaw dropped as she noticed a blackened awning collapse and fall into the street. Oh, um, sorry, I... Don't worry about it, said Mo, gesturing under the table for the kid to come out. Oh, Locke, you're, you're amazing, the boy blurted, arms stretched wide. You gotta help me, they still have my parents. What? Where? Zeri asked. The, uh, the corner of Brass Copper Alley, a factory. They, um, they took them there, and, and others, I saw it. Got it, Zeri nodded. What's your name? Uh, uh Timic. Timic, I'll get your parents. Zeri's eyes met Mo's. Mind doing me another favor? I, um, uh, sure thing. Mo patted Timic's head. Hi, kiddo. Um, uh, you want some banana cues for dinner? Like its neighboring streets, Brass Copper Alley housed rows of Kimbaran factories. Soot filled the air, heavy enough to taste. Who else but the barons would force people to work in these conditions? On the corner, a few guards reeking of less than fine spirits played cards by a rundown building with rusted double doors, just like Timic described. Zeri touched her belt, ensuring her gun was secure. She looked for another way in. Spotting a rickety air vent large enough to crawl through halfway up a nearby wall, she jumped for the opening, coming up inches short. Stepping back, Zeri ran, her feet catching sparks. She hopped higher this time, boosted by her electricity. But you already played that card. She heard a guard growl as her fingers gripped the vent's head. I did not, snapped another. And you would have known, too, if your head wasn't buried in that bottle. Zeri exhaled in relief. Right again, Grandma. Guards are always lazier at night. She pulled herself into the vent and started crawling, eventually coming to a large grate in the floor. Below was a curious room where wide metal pipes lined every wall. The exit was closed off by the double doors she saw earlier. In the middle... A group of people assembled parts as several thugs with Hextex-powered spears watched on like jail guards. Every time something reached the end of the assembly line, a thug tested it. And every time, there'd be a flash of blue light followed by nothing. The guard captain smashed these apparent failures and demanded the people start over. And they said you were the smart ones, he said, spitting on the floor. Zeri could tell these people were clearly being held against their will. Parents and spouses and friends, all suffering. Ah! Without thinking, Zeri banged a fist charged with frustration and electricity against the grate, which rattled from the impact. Zeri scrambled to secure it, but as the heavy grate fell from its fixture, so did she. With a loud clang, she landed in the middle of the factory floor. The room gasped and recoiled in surprise. Is it him? asked a thud, shaking off the shock. No, snarled the captain. Her face doesn't have the painted hourglass. Zeri rushed to her feet. Don't know who you're expecting, but you can't keep these people here like this. The captain scowled. Says who? Me. Zeri whipped out her gun, her right hand clutching its rusted crimson grip. 
Her mom had designed it without a trigger or magazine, needing only her daughter's innate electricity, which now swelled with anger. Static buzzed from Zeri's hand into the gun's conductive barrel, and she took aim. Ultra shock laser! A thunderous beam struck the double doors behind the thugs, blasting the rusted metal apart. Run! Zeri cried. I'll take care of the guards! The hostages scattered, guards in pursuit. A woman grabbed Zeri's arm. Have you seen my son? He wasn't taken with us. Timic? Fine, he's... Timic? No, that's not... More thugs swarmed close. Zeri yanked her gun to face them and fired, pushing him back and creating space for the worried woman to flee. Hi, we gotta go! A man warmed, pulling the woman away. Zeri unleashed more electric bullets as cover fire. When word of this gets out to your boss, she yelled, you're gonna wish you'd killed me here! The frustrated guards turned their attention away from the fleeing hostages and toward Zeri. Good. Come for me. As they approached, she vaulted onto one of the wide interlocking pipes attached to the walls. It was made of brass and copper. Natural conductors. Zeri's feet crackled with electricity. Fueled by her sparks, she skated along the web of pipes, unloading flurries of bullets at three of the onrushing guards. Their bodies twitched and flailed before falling over. Deftly, Zeri switched directions, dropping the next few who were climbing the side railings to surprise her from behind. Only a handful of her attackers were left. She could head home soon. Her family was probably worried sick. And then a blast struck the pipe beneath Zeri, forcing her off balance. She crashed to the ground. I got you now, the captain said, holding what looked like a Hextech cannon, smoke billowing off of its muzzle. His remaining troops rallied, spears ready. Zeri struggled to her feet, head spinning, knees scraped and bleeding, electric currents flickering off her injured body. She lifted her gun to fire. It fizzled. The captain smirked. Damn! Must have broken in the fall! Her enemies closed in. Screw it! Zeri chucked her gun aside and tore off her jacket. Freed of the spark pack, she felt her body surge with voltage. Leaping into the air, she punched her left fist up towards the ceiling. Lightning crash! Bioelectric waves shot from her fist, then from her chest, and then from her entire body, ripping the place asunder. Like a lightning storm, the waves arced off conductive metals, crackling violently as they drowned the room with Zeri's raw power. Bodies jolted before dropping in droves. Zeri fell to her knees, her knuckles propping her up. Blinking sweat from her eyes, she felt searing pain from her wounds everywhere at once. <sighs> that better have worked. You little shit. The captain's voice cut through the room. Zeri saw him stumble to his feet, bleeding from his nose and ears. Why? Zeri roared. Why hurt the innocent people? The man scoffed kicking the limp bodies around him in search of his weapon. No one's innocent in the bareness's eyes. A hum filled the air as the captain lifted his cannon towards Zeri. With what little force she could muster, Zeri tumbled to the side and slipped behind a large fallen pipe. The blast flung her and her cover into a wall. Zeri's vision turned black, and when her eyes opened, the captain was gone. Staggering under moonlight, Zeri headed home through the nearly empty streets. She was relieved the hostages were safe, but still gritted her teeth. The Kim Barons. 
They always had more, more resources, more power. Their strength was the system they created with everyone under their reign, all contributing to a zone they controlled. Maybe the captain was right. No one's innocent. And everyone's a victim. A flash of blue light erupted behind her, stopping Zeri in her tracks. Hey, nice work. She turned to see a teenager with a painted face and a glowing bat in hand. Unsure if she'd been tailed, Zeri tried to ready herself once more, but struggled to stand up straight in the face of the stranger. Ah, relax, the young man said. Timic told me about you. And who are you? Zeri asked. Name's Echo. Those goons from the warehouse were looking for me before you showed up. But man, <laughs> you wrecked them. Zeri sighed. And if he's against the Barons, he's all right. Look, Echo continued, I know you've got questions. So do I. But I've got to ask. Why help folks you don't know? Zeri shrugged. I stand up for my community. Echo smiled. Then we should talk. Zan needs people like you. And I ought to thank you for saving my parents tonight. Zeri smiled back. Anytime. Well, there it is. Thanks again for tuning in. This one was actually kind of a fun little episode. I, uh, The world has been a little heavy for me the last couple weeks, but uh, it's, I'm glad I got to sit down and record this, and I'm trying to figure out balance in my own life, kind of like Zeri. How much electricity do you put in? And I had a chance this last weekend to talk with some people I really respect, and they encouraged finding rest. And so I am doing a little bit and trying to find my spots to rest, and you should too. Maybe at lunch and at the end of the day, take seven deep breaths, think back over things that were good about the day, that were maybe somewhere you could have done a little bit better, and then kind of think about how you could have done a little bit better. And then look to the rest of the day with Thanksgiving and some maybe excitement. That's kind of what I'm trying to do. But anyway, thanks for listening. Sorry that it's been a bit sporadic the last couple of weeks, guys and gals. But um, that's kind of the nature of where I'm at right now in life. But thanks again. Appreciate you all, and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>